you don't know it, but this is like take seven. My alarm went off and a train went off and that knocked out several videos. We're gonna do it again, all right? And this is a good one. <clears throat> Matthew 19, 23 through 30. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, oh yeah, a rich guy has just come up and talked to Jesus who actually just trusts in his riches and he's gone away sad and Jesus is gonna to talk to his disciples about this guy. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, we've left everything to follow you. What then will it be for us? Love it. That's a good question. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you at the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. <clears throat> and everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Now, don't forget to read the Mark parallel passage where he makes it really clear a hundred times in this age and eternal life. So it's not, you know, it's here now and there. And um, yes, there's successes and there's struggles, but it's just not all in the future. So I want to just deal with this issue of um, only it's hard for the rich to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think Eugene Peterson translates this better. The NIV says, after they say, who can be saved? Jesus says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It's hard for me to understand what that means. <clears throat> Eugene Peterson puts it this way. The disciples were staggered because they thought the rich people, of course, were the ones going to heaven, even if they were mean and had no spirituality. But now we kind of know more of a difference about that. Then who has any chance at all? Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. And then Peter chimes in, we left everything to follow you. What do we get out of it? I love that. It's a good translation. So Eugene hits the crux of the matter. And Jesus in the four, the parable of the four soils in the third soil, he talks about the deceitfulness of wealth and wealth lies to us that it can provide for us everything that we need. And if that's what people are relying on, it's going to be real hard to get saved and know God. But if people while being rich can turn to God, then of course they're going to be able to be saved. And let's be honest, there was a lot of rich people in the Old Testament. I mean, Joseph, he ruled all of Egypt. He was wealthy. Daniel was one of the head magistrates in, in uh, Babylon. King David had incredible wealth. Solomon had incredible wealth. Abraham was incredibly wealthy. And they used that wealth for God's kingdom. They didn't just suck it unto themselves in selfishness. And so Jesus is saying in this passage, if rich people are giving into that deception of wealth <clears throat> and, and trusting that it can do everything for them that they need, yeah, it's going to be real hard to get saved. 
Uh, but we all know, you know, the riches can't save you from health problems. The riches really can't even make you happy. We buy things and then we always get bored with that thing and want the next thing, right? And so even then we know money's lying to us. So he's saying, you know, if you're looking to God, of course, anyone can be saved. Now that we've dealt with that, <clears throat> I want you to talk about for a moment, what's Peter's response here? What's he asking Jesus and... um and, and how's he feeling? So hit pause, talk about Peter, and then come back. <clears throat> okay, so again, it's so important that you do your own thinking and wrestle with the scriptures yourself. And I'm trying to get this conversation going back and forth over a video. It's just the best I can do. Small groups, obviously, are a lot more interactive. So... Peter's got this question that is heart level and it's really honest and it's gritty and people can get offended with it um, but he's wrestling uh, through the sacrifices of being on the road and having left his family, his fishing business, life as he knows it, knows it or knew it the comforts of home, and they're living on the road, sleeping who knows where, eating who knows what, doing a lot of things he um, never anticipated doing. And so he comes out with this like really gut level question like, you know, we've given up everything to follow you, Jesus. I mean, if the rich guys aren't in, like, what's in it for us? And um, so I want you to take, take this away for a moment. I want you to talk about how could you have responded to that question? How could I have responded? And then contrasted that to someone who is really kind of more harsh, more legalistic, um, more of an accusation mindset about not keeping the rules like a Pharisee. How could they have responded to Peter? And then really importantly, how does Jesus respond to Peter? Look through the text, not just the words, but how Jesus is responding. Okay, hit pause, answer those questions and come back. Okay, first thing in myself, you know, um, I could look at that without, you know, knowing a lot about God's goodness and um, can say, hey, you know, we're, we're in this movement, we're trying to call people to be selfless and um, serve others and what, you're thinking about yourself and just kind of spew accusation over Peter, right? And of course, when you bring a Pharisee or somebody that's really intense, like a, you know, a holiness preacher that's really, you know, the rules are everything and you got to fall in line, um, he could really, you know, berate Peter and like, do you have any idea what this movement's about? And you're thinking about yourself and, uh, and really just go off. And a Pharisee, you, you could just see, uh, could find a lot of fault with a, uh, with a follower of theirs. The great thing is looking at Jesus, what does he do? The beautiful thing is there's not even a hint of accusation in Jesus's words or tone towards Peter. Uh, there's no fault finding. Uh, there's no, you know, pulling the, oh, Peter, man, I'm so disappointed in you. You know, I can't believe you're thinking about that, really. You know, that unclean disappointment thing that we and I have in times past motivated people with and even sometimes get caught in now just don't want to do that <clears throat> Jesus doesn't do the um, the uh, rejection thing and say Peter I I don't know if you're cut out for the leadership team really I just not with that attitude 
or he doesn't silently just kind of reject him personally and put distance uh, between them and not talk to him so much and kind of spend time with other disciples. You know, how people can punish somebody else in kind of an unclean way. He doesn't even do that. Jesus actually leans in and he says, and he validates Peter's question. Isn't that, isn't that great? He actually validates it and then by answering it. So he engages with the question and basically says, Peter, I know. It's, there's a lot of sacrifice and there's a lot of goodness uh, involved in what you're doing. And if you're just looking at the sacrifice parts, I want to tell you, it's going to be worth it. Stay with this. Let's keep going. You know, in the kingdom to come, there will be honor and recognition for all your labors. Just don't quit. So, uh, you know, he, he really encourages him. And he does that patient instruction thing, that calm teaching to just give him perspective about these are good choices you're making with your life. And then lastly, there's some challenge in it too, right? Many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. And so, <coughs> excuse me, he's, he's, he may be thinking about, you know, the worldly leaders and the boss, you know, puts pressure on all the C-level execs and they put pressure on all their, you know, employees and they're lording their authority down on one another uh, to get things done. And he's saying they're first now, but they will be last uh, in the next age. And he, he goes, but you who are learning to serve first and care about people, you'll be first. You're last now, but you'll be first in the kingdom. So <clears throat> there's some challenge there. Encouragement, patient instruction, challenge. So let's do the takeaway uh, passage. It's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. If you read it, it says, uh, The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Right? I want to take that part away and say Christ, Jesus, is the image of God. So I want you to hit pause for a minute and and say, what things do you like about Jesus response to Peter and what that reveals about the Father, okay? So hit pause and then come back. Okay, you gotta do that part, so good. You gotta build the connections for yourself with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the work you do with Him, way more important than anything I'm doing. So I'm just gonna call out a couple things. <clears throat> the fact that Jesus doesn't accuse Him doesn't fault find him like you know this is a dumb question this is a selfish question self-centered question he doesn't shame him or reject him that means God the Father who's invisible is not accusing Peter fault finding him shaming or rejecting him right Jesus reveals the Father if Jesus validates his question and leans in that means the Father's validating his question and leaning in say Peter it's a good question let me tell you it's gonna be worth it Stay in the path, keep going, keep following, right? That's what the Father's saying because that's what Jesus is saying. So just let your image of God be renewed by the Holy Spirit as you consider that. And then lastly, this bit, worship without music. There's so much opportunity to take this passage away outside on a walk, in a journaling time. <clears throat> Again, do art around it, dance around it, however you, however you worship. Male, female, older people, children. There's a lot of expressions of worship. But, you know, I go out and walk. I just say, Lord, I'm so grateful. Peter can utter this, like, 
heart level question like, Lord, it's hard sometimes. What's in it for me? And you don't shame him. You respect the question. You love the fact he's, um, you know, opening his heart up to you and being really vulnerable. You validate the question and you tell him to stay with it. Oh, Lord, I love that you encourage him, you instruct him, you challenge him. And you're doing that with me. And I want to be free to ask my really heart level questions about what's important in life. And, uh, and just worship him and enjoy his goodness.